The Best Halloween Ever by Barbara Robinson Introduction and Chapter One It isn't fair, Charlie said, and he was right. Having no Halloween is the worst thing that could happen, he said, but he was wrong. There was one worst thing, and he heard about it in the morning announcements at school. It was the principal's idea, but it was the herdsman's fault, according to my mother. Don't blame Mr. Crabtree, she said. It wasn't Mr. Crabtree who piled eight kids into the revolving doors at the bank. And it wasn't Mr. Crabtree who put the goobies on the pizza. It was one of the herdsmen, or some of the herdsmen's, or all of the herdsmen's. So if there's no Halloween this year, it's their fault. Of course, the herdsmen's couldn't cancel Halloween everywhere. That's what I told my little brother, Charlie. Charlie kept saying, I can't believe this, as if it was unusual for the herdsmen's to mess things up for everyone. It wasn't unusual. There were six herdsmen's, Ralph, Imogene, Leroy, Claude, Ollie and Glads, plus that crazy cat, which was missing one eye, and half of its tail, and most of its fur, and any good nature it had ever had. It bit the mailman, it bit the Avon lady, and after that it had to be kept on a chain, which is what most people wanted to do with the rest of the herdsmen's. I used to wonder why their mother didn't do that with them, but after all, there were six of them, and only one of her. She didn't hang around the house much anyway. And you couldn't really blame her. Even my mother said she couldn't really blame her. They lived over a garage at the bottom of Sprawl Hill. And their yard was full of whatever used to be in the garage. Old tyres, rusty tools, broken bicycles and the trunk of a car. No car, just the trunk. And I guess the neighbours would have complained about the mess except that all the neighbours had moved somewhere else. Lucky for them... Charlie grumbled. They don't have to go to school with Leroy like I do. Like we all do, actually. The herdsmen's were spread through Woodrow Wilson School, one to each grade. And I guess if there had ever been any more of them, they would have wiped out the school and everyone in it. As it was, they wiped out Flag Day when they stole the flag, and Anchor Day when they stole the tree. And they ruined fire drills and school assemblies and the PTA bake sale. And they let all the kindergarten mice out of their cage. And then filled up the cage with guinea pigs. The whole kindergarten got hysterical about this. Some kids thought the guinea pigs ate their mice. Some kids thought the guinea pigs were their mice. Grown gigantically overnight. They were all scared and sobbing and hiccuping. And the janitor had to come and remove the guinea pigs. All the mice got away. So, I guess, if you were a mouse, you would be crazy about the herdsman. I don't know whether mice got together and one of them says, How was your day? But if that happens, these mice would say, Terrific. So was that it, Beth? Charlie asked me. The mice and the guinea pigs, was that it? Like the last straw, and then everyone said, Alright, that's it, the last straw, no Halloween. Was that it? I don't think so, I said. I think it was everything else. There had been a lot of everything else because 
Labor Day was late, so school started late. Parents had an extra week to buy their kids' school shoes and get their hair cut. Kids had an extra week to finish the fort or treehouse or bike rail or whatever they've been building since June. And teachers had an extra week to pray they wouldn't have any herdsmen's, I guess. And of course the herdsmen's had an extra week too to tear up whatever they'd missed during the summer. That turned out to be a lot. And usual with the herdsmen's, it wasn't always things you'd expect them to do. The police guard at the bank said that he had seen them come in. Can't miss them, he said. So I went right over and I stood by the fish tank and I figured if I see a bank robber come in, I'll defend the bank. But if I see those kids come in, I'll defend the fish. He shook his head and sighed. Didn't occur to me to hang about the revolving door. Nobody got hurt and everyone got out all right, but they had to call the fire department to take the door apart and they had to close the bank till they got the door back up. The fire chief said he never saw anything like it. Two kids, he said. Maybe even three kids might go in that door at the same time to see what would happen. But this was eight kids. What you had was one section of a revolving door full of kids. Couldn't move the door forward, couldn't move it back. Had it to take it down. Unless, well, you couldn't just leave them in there, right? This was supposed to be a joke. But most people thought it would have been a great opportunity to shut the herdsmen up somewhere, even in a revolving door. It would have been a great opportunity, except that by then it wasn't herdsmen's in the door. It was eight different kids, including Charlie. Why? My father asked him. Why would you follow the herdsmen's anywhere, let alone a revolving door? Why? Charlie shrugged and looked up at the ceiling and down to the floor and finally said he didn't know. It was just they were all around, he went on. There were herdsmen in front of us and herdsmen in back of us and then Ralph said, let's see how many kids will fit in the door and so he shrugged again. The bank manager was mad because of his door and the bank guard was mad because he picked the wrong thing to guard but nobody blamed him. How could he know what the herdsmen were going to do? Most of the time, I don't think even the herdsmen knew what they were going to do. I don't think they planned to mix up the mice and the guinea pigs until it happened to see some guinea pigs. And I don't think they decided to find some kids and shove them into a revolving door until they happened to see the door and a bunch of kids at the same time in the same place. There probably wouldn't have been any trouble at the pizza parlour either if Mr Santoro hadn't introduced a new variety, sardine pizza. And that wouldn't have caused any trouble if Boomer Malone didn't have to get rid of his goopies. Boomer started out with two goopies in a fishbowl and by the next week he had about a hundred goopies in jars and bottles and bowls. Mrs Malone told my mother that she had even found goopies in the cube trays. Boomer's original idea had been to sell the goopies, but he finally had to pay Leroy Herdsman 50 cents to take them away. According to Gladys, they were going to dump all the goopies into their bathtub and then charge kids a quarter to come and see. The goopies go behind the drain all at once. It won't hurt them, Gladys said. They'll just go wherever the water goes and swim around.
Don't like it. Maybe so. But it never happened. Before they got the goopies back to the bathtub, Leroy and Claude and Gladys stopped at the pizza parlour, saw six sardine pizzas on the counter and immediately swapped goopies for sardines. Nobody ever did think that sardine pizza would be such a success, but Mr Santoro said after that sardine pizza didn't have a chance. The customers agreed. One man said he didn't think he'd ever eat any kind of pizza again. Wasn't looking, he said. Took a bite and the next thing I knew there was half a goopy in my moustache. So there really wasn't any last straw. But by the time school finally started, there were so many people who were so mad at the herdsmen's for so many reasons that you knew something was going to happen. It's got to stop, the mayor said. But nobody knew that it was going to be Halloween.